Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. So our guest today is an interior designer in Charlotte, North Carolina, with more than 20 years in the business. She's known for her feminine designs that mix modern and antique elements, and her work has been featured in Traditional Home Magazine, House Beautiful, Southern Living, and many more. Welcome to the show, Gray Walker of Gray Walker Interiors. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Thanks for joining us. So I wanted to just quickly, before we start picking your brain, see if you could give people, I know that you, I believe you went to the University of Georgia for art school and then went back to school for interior design. But after that, how did you really get started in the business? Just give us a little background. Okay. Well, it's growing up. My favorite thing to do is look through Southern accents after school and I couldn't wait for the new issue to come. And I would... (laughs) come home from school and I'd see it on the kitchen table and I'd run in the living room and I would study it. I just was fascinated by beautiful interiors. And my mother always said, Gray, you should be an interior designer. And of course, because my mother told me that I didn't, I didn't want to be an interior designer. (laughs) (laughs) My first degree is from the University of Georgia. I have a BA in art history and Mm. I got out of University of Georgia. I went to school in Italy on a program they have, they offer, I think it's still uh, existing. In Cortona? Right. So I went to study for a summer and I came home after the program and I had no idea what I was really going to do with my life. I went to the movies with a girlfriend. And by the time I came home from the movie, my mother just said, Sally Kaufman just called me, who was a big interior designer in my hometown, Columbia, South Carolina, and they had decorated my parents' house. And she said, and you are going to work in the morning. You're going to be there at nine o'clock at Pulliam Morris. I was like, what? And she said, yeah, you have a job. And I said, okay, awesome. So I showed up at work the next day and I was working on the retail floor, really. But one of the design assistants got pregnant and had a baby. So I took her place while she was on maternity leave. And I was really in meetings. I was doing design boards. I was working with fabrics and wallpaper. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I love. I can do this. I love it, love it, love it. And decided I wanted to go back to school and get my interior design degree, which I did at Winthrop University in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And I studied for three years. So I have two undergraduate degrees. So then how did you end up in Charlotte? And how did you start your own business? I uh, went to a girl's school in Raleigh, North Carolina called St. Mary's. And at St. Mary's, some of my very best friends were Charlotte natives. So this was just a place that I always came on the weekends. And I had lots of girlfriends here. And when I was working in Columbia, I loved it. But I felt like I needed something more something bigger. And I always loved Charlotte. So it was a natural move for me. And I worked for a designer who was big time in the 80s and the 90s in Charlotte. And I learned so much from her. And then after almost four years, I started my own business. Wow. 
So you you kind of mentioned this a little bit about your your parents' house and getting southern accents, but your your house growing up had lots of antiques in it. Yes. But you also have this modern flair that you bring mm-hmm. to your spaces. So I'm curious how you weave those two together and how do you make that balance work? You know, it's funny because I think that it's just always been a part of me, kind of a little bit of a rebellious streak. And I think because I grew up around all those things and I knew style, I think, is something that pictures, you begin to soak it in at such an early age. And so mm-hmm. growing up in South Carolina with a steel magnolia for a mother, I mean, I know all the rules. I know the way everything's to be done in the house. But I wanted to shake things up as I got older. And I started to learn in my first degree at Georgia. I studied so many different kinds of art. And I loved everything from Greek face painting to Andy Warhol. I mean, I just found out that I just love art. If it's good, I love it. Even the way I dressed in college, I would always try to do things that were a little bit different, but still kind of the same vein from the things that I wore when I was a little girl. I would just shake the outfits up a little bit with something kind of spunky. And I think it's just something I've always done. Yeah, it's innate in you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even you dress that way, you can see it on your Instagram. You always, you've got such a sense of style and it looks like you enjoy it too. I do. I, I love clothing. I'm a fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I love clothing and I love shopping. And it's a good thing that I can shop for people. Because <laughs> 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 I love that. It's brilliant. And I'm sure, again, we've heard this from other designers too. I'm sure when you meet the clients too, you, you're checking out what they're wearing and like to get an idea and a, into how they decorate their home. Yeah, it's all yeah part of that process. So I'm curious how you get started for a client. What are like the jumping off points for a room? Uh, There was this house that you did, I believe it was for an old friend of yours, and there was this great gold Ushak rug in the living room. Oh, yeah. And you seemed to design the whole room around it because all of the colors really came out of that rug. But And it was a beautiful rug, but it was not necessarily a color palette that I think most people would buy new today? Like, was that something they... Uh, This is an interesting story. Yeah, tell us the story. (laughs) client is a a college friend of mine, and she and her brother, they lost their parents both, like, within a year of each other. And they were actually pretty young to, to pass away like they did. But both children inherited some of the most beautiful antiques I've ever seen. And that Ushak rug was in her parents' living room. And so that was the starting off point for that for that room. Mm-hmm. The first thing that I do when I'm working with people who have inherited a lot of antiques, I, I, I go through, you know, warehouses, storage rooms, homes with just my clipboard, my phone, and I measure everything because... I will place those beautiful things in the house first and then Mm -hmm. work around that. The Mm -hmm. fabulous antiques have got to have a place in the new quarters, whether that be the the home that they're in or the home that they're building. So that rug was from her parents' home. She grew up with that in her living room, and we put it in her library and decorated the room around that rug. And it is such a beautiful rug. It's one of my favorite Ushaks ever. Well, I loved it because it was it was this like bright gold, almost like ochre, mustard mm-hmm. kind of color. And I feel like most people would kind of feel like, oh, that that's hard. That's a hard 
color, you know, but you added these dusty blues in there. There was, um, there was like so many different colors that you pulled out of it and really that made it feel like they would have just gone and bought this beautiful rug. You know what I mean? I love it that you pick up on that because that's what I will do. I will work with a rug or a painting that's got some, you know, history to it, something special about the rug and I, or the piece that I want to use. And what I try to do is go in and put, pull the most abstract colors in a very soft tone. So that mm. soft blue green is actually mm. in like the little corners of that rug, but it makes mm. that, that ochre color so vibrant and modern when you put it in a room and paint those walls and put it on the sofas and decorate around that just kind of a, um, approach the rug from a different angle. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you say to people that when they're, when they are getting pieces from family members that maybe they aren't real keen on or they are not sure how they're going to work? I mean, is that really well, how well, we should all be approaching it? What I, what I would say is if it's a beautiful antique, I say, Oh no, you, you must keep this. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll make it <laughs> cool. But if it's not so great and I don't think it's really worth decorating around, I'll just say, you know what? It's that's up to you. I don't, I don't know that it's going to make or break this interior. If you, if you keep Mm -hmm. that or if you put it somewhere else or just get rid of it, but the fine antiques, no beautiful fine antiques. I will always find a home for. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I'm sure you're, you're the same way with art as well. Yeah. Um, as a bouncing off point. Did you do the same in your own home? Oh my gosh. My home is always changing, but yes, I mean, I've got some important pieces of art that, I mean, I can remember the first painting I ever bought when I was just married. It's still in my husband's library to this day. It's moved, you know, from room to room, but I love it still so much. Um, but I will have to admit, I think I'm, I am addicted to decorating. So I'm always, my son just graduated from college and he is home just for like two and a half months. He's moving to Austin, Texas Sunday. And there's all kinds of, I mean, we're renovating the house right now. And my Randolph looked at me one morning and goes, mom, this is just a, a normal state for you, isn't it? Cause there's hammers and, you know, drills and he wakes up with the, the workman all out his window and it, he just shakes his head. So I know my children will not want to marry a woman like me. <laughs> of me. So what are you working on now in your own home? What's your current renovation? The basement. I moved my office home. I have this fabulous, it was actually the office of the man that we bought the house from. And my home is in the woods in Charlotte. It is a very different sort of area. You might not even know that it's here unless you know somebody. We only have four people that live on this road. And it's right in the heart of Charlotte, right in the heart of Myers Park. And I live on a a road that's a private road, so you don't come down here unless you're coming to see somebody that you know. I I have always had office spaces since 1998. And I think probably about eight years ago, I decided I would move my office home. And I love it. I love working from home and we are renovating the basement basically to fit my business better. Mm-hmm. But I, I still want it to feel like a home. My studio clearly is like a studio, but the rest of the basement is, I kind of am making it a little bit more modern and clean. 
That's awesome. And so what for your studio, what do you find yourself doing in that space? Do you paint as well in that studio space? No, are you, no, are you my yeah. mother's an artist. I'm not that patient. Uh, no, I work. I pull my fabrics together. Perfect. And okay. Do my color schemes. <laughs> and do my all those mood board. plans. Yeah, all the things Me people want to see. Mm-hmm. Hmm. No, that's a good call. Well, I had I had I have so many questions about color for you because you use mm-hmm. color so much in your work, and um, and kind of touching back to that client's house we were just talking about because there was there was so much color in there and and it it felt like there were a lot of different colors you know there was that ochre of the rug but then it was pulled into different parts of the home dusty blues like a bright yellow butler's pantry fiery orange navy like there was so much and i'm curious how those colors like how do you get them to flow you know it's hard to know like just seeing still photography mm-hmm. how they um connect to one another but is there such a thing as too much color like how do you get it to all i feel like everything just needs to have their the rooms have to connect like if you look at her dining room which is the navy blue with the gold decoration the tropical decoration I popped a navy blue chair in the foyer that's complete. You know, that foyer is neutral. But mm-hmm. I popped the navy blue velvet chair in the foyer. And then in the library, I pulled that chartreuse and there's some coral. The window treatments are kind of like a cinnamon color. So I just try to connect the dots with color. Like I feel like color mm-hmm. could be carried throughout the house in what she wanted, I had to kind of harness, bring, rein her in because she wants neutral. Then she wanted color. So I had to come up with a way that the colors would work kind of as an in and out sort of thing. So when you walk into the foyer, it's neutral. But you look to the right and there's that navy blue dining room. And then I popped the navy blue chair mm-hmm. in, in the foyer. And the the dining room worked base, was based off of the... Ushak rug, but I wanted to pull the softer sort of a blue green into that room. I just like for everything to sort of melt together. And then she really wanted the chartreuse for that, her little office off the neutral family room and kitchen. But if you see that painting that's in the breakfast room, there's tons of short, I actually pulled that chartreuse that she loves from that painting. Mm-hmm. So it's just like an in and out. Mm-hmm. Got it. So you almost have like little, a little like, I guess, clue in each room as to what they'll find in the next room. I know well. where it's got to go. It's just that I need to be sure everybody's on my page mm-hmm. <laughs> and make my client happy. Well, and there was, it seemed to me like there, I, I love the colors that you picked because it didn't feel like none of them were necessarily trendy colors or colors you're seeing a lot in home decor magazines or, or stores. And so I'm wondering, is that, is that just because you're working with antiques or, or does that make the house timeless? Because you're not. I mean, if somebody ever asked me, what's your favorite neutral paint color? I don't know that I have a favorite neutral paint color. I just pull color from what's what I have to work with. I don't just pick one color because I love it. But for Kitty's house, I don't follow trends. I work, if a client falls in love with a fabric or a painting or a rug, I let that t- 
tell me where to go. If a painter is really good, if a piece of artwork is really good, it's because those colors work together. So mm-hmm. if you get full colors from that painting, it's kind of like you're going to win. You just, you just will. And mm-hmm. I let the special things dictate where I'm going with color. That's my base, my jumping off point. Mm-hmm. And then everything just sort of, it's like a domino effect. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, that's the same house that has the curved ceilings in the living room. Is that? Yeah. Yes. 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 And that uh, one is completely neutral. Oh, yes. And it's just so fantastic with the um, subtle curve on the ceiling um, mm-hmm. and and the fireplace. It was also something. Well, that is somebody that I, that is a guy named Greg Perry in Charlotte, who is wonderful, who I, I'm working with on two big projects right now. And we worked on that project together. And it really was, we got to know each other and it's become a really good relationship. That's fun. No, that's very fun. And especially very talented. You did a traditional old chest in a very beautiful brown. That was one of the most important antiques that was very special to my client. And that just happened after she moved in. Because I was having a problem with where am I going to put that? Because I do, I love it where it is. I mm. did not love it until I put it there. Yeah, mm. it was one of those that, like, once it was in there, it just, like... It just looks right. Oh, my gosh. It looks so right. With Again, the curve on the top of the ceiling is just so modern and clean. And then, again, your mantle and fireplace, so clean. And to have this beautiful traditional, it just pops. And your eye just stays there. It's such a good mix. I was just wondering, too, like, where... How do... How do you blend like that? Because it's so many styles just together and it works. But to your point, like you were saying, I guess it's magic that just happens when you get it all in there. I mean, um, when I say I didn't know that where that was going to go, I did not know where that was <laughs> going to go. Yeah. Well, you said um, there was something that you kind of said in some interview, and I can't remember where, maybe it was on your website, living comfortably in high style. That's like how you sort of characterize or have sort of encapsulate like your style. So kind of maybe explain that to us a little bit. I feel like most people would think those were sort of opposing ideas. Mm, Yeah. Well, my living room, and this is just a perfect example of what I'm talking about. My living room in my home is one of the prettiest rooms in my house. And we never went into it because it was so formal and dressy. And I don't know, maybe it was it was a li- stuffy living room. It was pretty, but it wasn't comfortable. I got the, the great idea, mm, I don't know, maybe seven, eight years ago that I was going to make it a glamorous family room which is what I've done. I put a yummy Moroccan rug in there, really comfortable sofa, comfortable, crazy comfortable chair for my husband to watch TV. I have a TV Mm -hmm. in there now behind a mirror cabinet. I've got some of the most beautiful artwork that I own in that room. And we go in there all the time. And it's just like, I feel kind of like a little movie star in my family room in Charlotte. (laughs) I'm talking about. Well, it's such a great, again, from everything we've all been through in this last year and we've been home again, you took a space, you said, this isn't functioning for our family. Mm -hmm. How do we make it? So we use it. It's called the comfortable living room. I love it. It's, it's my new thing. Like who needs a living room? Just keep the one, keep the main room 
that you live in and enjoy it and and make it a place where you can hang out with your family. Mm-hmm. So is the comfortable chair you gave your husband attractive? It was a splurge, not going to lie. It's by Michael <laughs> Beerman, and it's so beautiful, and it's really comfortable. And I love it when uh-huh. I entertain and men come to my house. They all just, when they get in that chair, they just sort of perk up like they think, this is cool. I'm comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny how a room mm-hmm. or just a seat can really change your, your attitude. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I watch it in that Michael Behrman chair. It's unbelievable. I've seen them <laughs> just pop up in that thing and put their feet on the arm and I'm like, oh, he's comfortable. That's good. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, yeah. He's made himself at home. No worries mm-hmm. there. Likes it. <laughs> you, I'm assuming based on, again, just your Instagram and studying you that you love to entertain. Is there any tips or tricks or things we need to have to, that you've found through the years of just like make or break a party? No, I have not, except for alcohol. That's one thing that I think is always. <laughs> of course, the good bar. If I come up with anything else, I'll let you know, but that always seems to do the trick. That A great man chair, does. maybe? Oh, and a man chair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's always this time of year, too. We all just want to eat outside and enjoy the nice weather down here. And you were just written up in the Wall Street Journal for talking about your outdoor lighting. Is that correct? That's true. Why don't you tell people about your the whole thing? Because I think it was so interesting to read and it was so informative. Well, I, uh, another passion of mine is gardening. I love gardening. I'm not a patient gardener, but I love for everything to look just right. Mm-hmm. And I think outdoor lighting is so important. I just think it, it's just so beautiful to pull up to a glistening landscape at night. You know, it just, mm-hmm. I love it. I love looking out my window, looking at my plants. I love pulling up my driveway at night and seeing everything just lit up and trimmed. And I was asked if I had the Wall Street Journal's doing this article on outdoor lighting. Do you have anything you want to submit? And I'm like, hmm, yes, I think I might. I think I might. So, you know, and of course they need it like the next day. So I went outside. I had to wait for it to get dark. I went outside in my nightgown and my bedroom slippers and I was had my iPad all around the yard and standing up on the street and, you know, different angles. And I sent all the photos in the next day and it took like a week. And then finally they were like, I was told that the Wall Street Journal's, they're sending a photographer to do a time lapse. And they wanted to set up just how you had it set up from another photo shoot I did a while back. Like I was having like a little two person dinner during quarantine in the gazebo. So they sent two photographer. I had one of my own there and they did the time lapse and they did the photography. And I just think it turned out so well. I really, that was fun. That was a fun little quick project. But I think that landscape lighting is so important. I think landscaping is so important. I think houses Mm -hmm. breathe from the outside in, inside out, it's all got to be cohesive and mm-hmm. true to the, the style of the home and the interior. Oh, so do you do a lot of uplighting, I'm assuming, or do you do a lot? Uplighting, path lighting. Yes, because I, I don't know if you remember, I said I live in these, mm. I live in the woods. <laughs> I do, I live in the woods. And I wanted all the beautiful oak trees to be lit in my Japanese mm-hmm. maple. So I do, I have a lot, not too much because I didn't, I didn't want to look like a hotel, but there is a lot of uplighting in my yard. I have uplights on um, 
urns. I have up lights on the, that wash across the front of my house, up lights on trellis fine on the garage, just all the little focal points and some mm-hmm. trees. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there are, cause we have uh, this tall pine trees around here. Every now and then you'll see somebody with like them so high up in a tree. You're like, I don't even know how that got up there. <laughs> Who shimmied up that tree to put it up there? What is bad outdoor lighting and or is it, are you, or is it none? Like, have you seen something that's like a no colors, no color lighting. Okay. That's, that is, that's a good one. Unless it's the holidays. (laughs) I think the worst outdoor lighting is overdone outdoor lighting. Like too much of anything is not a good thing. That's That's all I can say about that. (laughs) (laughs) That is fair. That is fair. Um, And you also, uh, another thing that I noticed just looking through your work is um, upholstered doors. Um, You do them every, or you've done them. And so my question would be, where do you do them and where can we get them? Well, I like to use an upholstered door between a dining room and a kitchen. Like in my home, I have a glass insert Mm-hmm. Because I want it to look like an old waitstaff door. And I also love it because I can see in my dining room when I'm in my kitchen. And that's just a nice thing to have at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes a, a, a upholstered doors are good if you need a focal point, like at the end of a long hallway. Mm-hmm. Or in a foyer, there's mm-hmm. one door that's maybe symmetrical or asymmetrical. It's just a nice way to finish a door to make it almost like a beautiful piece of furniture. Doors can be like a beautiful piece of furniture. Decorate it with tacks, put the insert inserted glass. They just sort of evolve where I might use an upholstered door. So where does one get their door upholstered? Like at an upholstery shop? Yes. There's every town has got to have like a mm-hmm. you know, somebody that does glass work. Mm-hmm. Take a door to the glass shop, a fl- you know, a, a flush door, no paneling, smooth. Have them that you can draw an oval circle. You could do a, a diamond and that glass shop should be able to cut that, insert the mirror. You could do leaded glass or clear glass. And then you'll need a carpenter to do some trim detail. And then you'll need an upholster to actually upholster the door. There are many steps. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you have a designer. Mm-hmm. Take care steps. of it for you. But if you wanted to try and, if somebody wanted to try to do it on their own, I would say don't do a glass insert. Just try to upholster the door. Maybe YouTube some how to upholster. <laughs> Use plenty of padding. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. See what happens. Well, they look so great. And you Thank posted you. one recently that was, they looked so fantastic in a snakeskin pattern. Yes. The one in my house, I don't know. Yeah. You have I an orange one. You- or animal anything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I love it on a door, love it on mm-hmm. anything. But yes, I have, I actually have a snakeskin door in my home. That's right. Yeah. It's a pure prey So I have a question about taking risks because you obviously do that a lot. You're very, I think you've mentioned it in a couple interviews as well. So, but I'm curious, like what sort of pieces do you like to take risks with? Is it lighting? And, and like, how can we kind of, if we're a little shy maybe how do we sort of take a risk in our house and like like what is the item that we should kind of that's an easy 
risk to take? I think using a metallic paint on the walls is fun. I think metal is such an interesting sheen. Metal adds such an interesting sheen to anything. It could be on a ceiling. It could be on a wall. I think that could be a fun kind of a risky kind of thing. Paint a powder room, a metallic paint. I think that you can also take risk with lighting. Lighting is one of my, you know, obviously it's one of the first things that you have to have selected with a, with a home. Your electrical has got to be figured out really early. And I think that lighting is such an important part. I consider it part of the architecture, basically. Like you've got to have good lighting. So I do, I would say that lighting is a place where you can take a risk because it's not, it's just sort of the top of the room. It's at the ceiling. And I think that it's a place that's a safe place to take a little bit of a chance on your selection or do something out of your box or make something modern that normally you wouldn't necessarily make a decision that would be modern. That is one that maybe you wouldn't necessarily make. It's just, um, I think that I also think fabrics are a fun way to, to make things a little bit spicy, do something different, a fur, you know, a furry fur, a leopard skin. I love leopard skin. It never goes out of style. It's classic. And it's a little bit of a, I think some people might consider it's a risk. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's gotten so mainstream that people don't do that, think that way anymore. But I definitely think the metals, fur, and maybe finishes, like try some lucite, pull something in mirrors that you wouldn't normally pull in to give the room a sense of glamour. That's where I like to take a risk, or I think it's fun to try. Yeah. A coffee table is a great place to take a risk. Mm. A funky coffee table. Just a good chunk of a table, stack it, you know, books on it, get scented candle flowers, and you're good. I love all those ideas. And I feel like you start, if someone's sort of just starting, like start with one, see how it feels to, to, to take the risk, and then kind of build from there. Mm-hmm. Work your way up to something a little scarier. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, no, should we do that. a decorating dilemma, Taryn? Yes, we definitely should. It's from Bethany. She writes, hello, ladies. I'm new to your podcast and I can't get enough. Your interviews are so fun and informative. Thank you. We're remodeling our Georgian-style home and have selected a beautiful quartzite for the kitchen counters and off-white paint for the cabinets with brass detailing. When you walk into our front door, you see the formal dining space to the left with a clear view into the kitchen, making the spaces separate, yet very much one space visually. Also to note, when you walk into our home, you can see directly into our living room, which we recently updated with steel doors, windows that looks out at our view, making our home very much transitional in style. Here's my dilemma. I'm struggling with the built-ins that you see in the dining room. Because my husband prefers to keep them intact, I'm considering using the kitchen quartzite on this counter space and extending the uppers to the ceiling. I'm also planning to paint the cabinet exterior one color and the interior something different, as well as adding glass shelving and interior cabinet lighting. I feel like this is a fine way to update what's there, but I'd love your thoughts on more creative solutions for the space. 
We have a Ballard buffet table on the wall beneath your arch mirror for barware, as well as a lank console on the wall opposite the kitchen. With plenty of storage and serving space, I'm just not sure these outdated cabinets are the most functional and visual appealing solution for this space. We have two small boys and look forward to lots of entertaining once the space is complete. Thank you all so much, Bethany. Okay. Yes. And so she has, like she said, it's open and you can see into the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the cabinets are currently a set of uppers and a set of lowers all capsulated on either Mm -hmm. side with walls. Mm -hmm. And they're in a dark brown with what looks to be a black counter. Okay. So what should she do? Okay. And I I think the cabinetry in the kitchen looks that dark wood, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. But she's redoing it in the white. Okay, so this is what I would do. She could do the the countertop the same there, or she could do a pretty marble, do something a little bit different that's in the same kind of maybe feeling as as that breakfast area or the kitchen area. And I don't, I don't. It looks like everything is just really neutral. I see a pink painting, but it could be interesting mm-hmm. to pull a color, a stone that you know maybe pulls another color, like I'm talking about in the room, a room that's adjacent to this a or stay with the quartzite that she's mm-hmm. doing in the kitchen. Now I would definitely take those cabinets all the way, to the ceiling, the uppers. I would not want to use the th- three paint colors. What I think I would do is maybe use a different finish of paint. I don't know what her wall color is, but it could be very pretty to use that wall color in a high gloss on mm. cabinetry, okay, on the exterior mm-hmm. of the cabinetry. Then she could paint the inside of the cabinet. There's got to be an accent color that she's got. Uh, what I would do is actually whatever, I would pull a color from the quartzite, like a real soft color, and paint the inside of the cabinet mm-hmm. so that when it's illuminated, you feel mm-hmm. that color continuity. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. So the out the exterior of the cabinets are a glossy version of the wall color. And then the inside is sort of a pastel pulled oh. from the mm-hmm. pretty. And then I would also change the hardware on that cabinet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would use like pulls, like longer pulls on the doors below, you know, like maybe mm-hmm. something even like eight inches, something long that, sh- that kind of, makes those have more elongation and more importance. She could also center some beautiful hardware on those doors, Mm -hmm. make it feel like more like a piece of furniture. Mm -hmm. And then I would put maybe one pull in the center of the drawers. So I can see like some kind of a big medallion, kind of something Mm -hmm. big on the lower cabinets. And then on the upper cabinets, I do like an elongated pull that, you know, visually ex- extends the length of that area of the cabinet. Now, mm-hmm. I would also mirror the backsplash. So see how she's got just that, it's just wall there right now. It's just she- mm-hmm. It's just drywall, yeah. She mm-hmm. could mirror that. Oh, like actual mirrors, yeah. Like they, yes. do, like they would have mirrors. I know. love a mirror backsplash. Yeah, yes. I would do that because see, mm-hmm. they got that. She's got that nice mirror, the the one from y'all, the mm-hmm. arch mirror. I think it would not be nice to repeat that there. 
Right. So um, you made it like a piece of furniture with a little glamour. I I almost feel like she just needs more like softness, like a rug. She needs a rug. Or curtains or yeah, maybe both. Those doors are really pretty. Mm. And she has an incredible view. I mean, Where it's is very, that? It's very small in the background of this photo, but it looks like she's on top of somewhere with a but is great. She in Georgia? I don't know. It's a beautiful. I mean, it looks like a really pretty setting. Very pretty. Um, but she needs so to if she were if, a bigger chandelier. Okay. She needs a way bigger chandelier, like bigger, like move that one to like somewhere like the powder room or the closet. But she needs a massive chandelier there. Because she does, it, the, the ceilings are very tall. Right. That chandelier yeah. is, is look too small. So if she were to get a rug, should she should she have the rug sort of go with the like interior color of the cabinets or yes. something that kind of mm-hmm. okay so pull those colors to get out uh-huh. but what she I mean yeah she she's got a great space in terms of mm-hmm. yeah, she to work a, with she, she, also, she just needs she does need rugs to warm it up mm-hmm. plus it's a great way to get in more pattern and mm-hmm. um, and to again just adding that layer mm-hmm. like you guys are both speaking to what type of material do you suggest for? We actually got this comment or a question from someone recently about um, the, you know, a rug material for a dining room since it spills or a risk. What do you? What do you? What's your thought on that? Um, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I've been loving in dining rooms that I have in my own dining room, and it is it is bulletproof as cowhide. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can always wash it. Yeah. Like they get wet out there, out there in the. Um, but I mean, you still see size all around. I just mm-hmm. was, I'm a, a, a product of that age where I'm done with it. You know, I just, mm-hmm. I saw enough of it, but there, there are a lot of big designers that still use it and they layer with it. I mean, really there are, mm-hmm. I'm over it, but it's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. I mean, like I said, there are a lot of really big designers that, that still use sizal. I just, I can't do it. But the cowhide is something that I'm really enjoying. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then just an old rug, like an old oriental rug. But, you know, you got to be really careful with the paint color that you pull from there or an shack. Mm-hmm. No, I think that would be lovely in there. And yeah. she could even do some lamps on that back buffet with. Yeah, like know, she needs a chair lamp there. Mm-hmm. Bigger chandelier, pair of lamps on that buffet. She needs to paint. You don't want that that cabinet to stick out like a sore thumb. You want it to look like part of the architecture. Now, the inside mm-hmm. of the cabinet will be pretty, painted a soft color. But I wouldn't paint, use three color, two colors mm-hmm. here, plus the wall color. Got and it. It'll yeah. be way too much. Yeah, I love that idea of the of the color from the, the stone. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like a soft color. Yeah, I think that's great. All right, Bethany. Well, good luck. Yes. Beautiful space. Good luck. Yes. Thank you for listening. And we're so glad you found us and that you found us helpful. Yeah. Okay. Great. Can you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work, all that good stuff? Sure. My website is graywalkerinteriors.com. And I am on Instagram. I have to look. <laughs> you're you're easy to find. I mean, I'm just plain old Gray Walker. I think on Instagram. Gray Walker Interiors. Yeah, that's me. Oh, one word. 
Mm-hmm. All one word. All right, good. I'm glad that you could tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? No one knows their Instagram handle because you, you never have to type it in. Uh-uh. You know? And I know I've maybe changed it once, so I'm not sure which is which, but that's right. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining yes, us. And um, yeah, we, we love we loved having you. Well, thank you. I enjoy being here and have a great rest of your day. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy Happy decorating. decorating!